educational podcast, Time's Apple, an amazing place to be if you're interested in apples, education, and great conversations. At Time's Apple, the focus is all about learning through discussion and challenging your mindset in order to grow as an educator. And I hope that through listening to Time's Apple podcast, you can be inspired to dream, dare, and do as you navigate whatever adventures your life's journey holds. Thanks for listening. In the previous episode of Technology, Communication, and Collaboration in Today's Classroom, we heard from Allison Smalley and Drew Cunningham, a teacher-student-teacher duo in the English Language Arts Department of Port Southwest High School. We had some really great interviews, and I hope you learned a lot from what they had to share with us, because I know I certainly did. In this episode, we are going to be continuing those teacher and student-teacher interviews in the mathematics field, providing some interesting contrast to the prior interviews with the English teachers. I'm super excited to see what we can learn from a new perspective on this podcast topic, and I hope you are too. Let's get into it. Welcome back to today's episode. We are continuing our investigation of technology and increasing communication and collaboration in the classroom. I'm here with the amazing Liam Blevins from Ports of West High School, who has graciously allowed me to ask her some questions today. Liam, would you care to introduce yourself? As she said, I'm Leah Blevins. I teach at Portsmouth West High School. I graduated from um, Shawnee State in 2008, and I have been, te- no, 2010, and I have been teaching ever since then. Um, so I've got about 10 years under my belt. Um, I teach currently Algebra 1 and Algebra 2. In the past, I have taught dual mm-hmm. enrollment calculus, and I will be teaching that again in the fall. Awesome. Okay, so since this podcast is all about using technology to help to help with communications and collaborations, today I'm just going to be asking you some questions about your experiences with technology as a math teacher. The first question is, what, in your opinion, what is the relationship between technology and your content area? Um, there is a very strong relationship between math and technology when used correctly. Um, I feel that math and technology goes hand in hand. Uh, Mm -hmm. One thing that comes to mind immediately is Desmos. Um, It is a graphing calculator that allows you to type in equations and use sliders. And those sliders allow students to really realize what changing different parts of those equations does to the line. Rather than me just telling you the M is the slope and the B is the Y-intercept, they're able to visually see that and make those connections themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing with quadratic equations. And there's just so much that you can do with technology um, that reinforces mathematical concepts. Yeah. So is that, in your opinion, a positive or negative relationship? I feel like it's pretty positive from the way you've explained it. Yes, yes, very, yeah. very positive. Um, I feel like when when you see something and come to that conclusion on your own, you're much more likely to remember that than somebody just telling you something mm-hmm. rather than me just saying the M is the slope. Yeah. They figure out that changing that number by using sliders, that's changing the steepness of the line. They're going to remember that much better than me just telling them. Yeah. So what ways do you think your content area struggles with its intersections with technology? And, you know, what can what can you do to improve things? There are definitely struggles um, with using technology. Um, 
the struggles obviously come from the cheating end of things there mm-hmm. it can be a such a strength and it can be such a weakness if students are really wanting to learn and they're having struggles there are programs out there that you just type in the math problem and it works it out for you and shows really? you step by step that would be amazing to yeah. use if you were really wanting to learn and you took the time to then read through that process and figure out, well, this is where I was making my mistake right here. I found it in in their problem. But a lot of times the problem with that is students aren't using it to find mistakes. They're using it just to get the answers. And because I require students to um, show their own work, then they have to, um, they they use those resources and then they find that. And I, I, can't really tell if they're cheating. So a way that I found to combat that is um, have students create their own problems rather than give them a problem. You have to mm-hmm. take this problem and solve it, and the, then the computer does it for them. You can ask them to um, create and do their own problem, but yeah. it does get rather frustrating when you are um, trying to <laughs> mm-hmm. to give them assignments and test what they know before giving them an actual yeah. assessment so that you can help then there, there definitely are some downsides to technology. And, and a lot of times, or not a lot of times, but sometimes the technology doesn't work. <laughs> I've yeah. definitely run into that before um, when having a really fun lesson mm-hmm. prepared and it was all technology oriented. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. And that's yeah. very, very frustrating. And you're trying to pull your resources quickly to figure out definitely um, what you're going to do. But it, it all works out. <laughs> Yeah, I feature you learn to fly by the seat of your pants sometimes when you have to. <laughs> yeah. If you have any examples of times that, you know, you've been teaching and technology is given out, what are, the, what are some of the things that you try to do in those situations? Um, well, one time I was giving a test and I had I like to use Google Forms mm-hmm. um, to give tests because, number one, you can lock the screen and I can monitor students and it grades everything quickly, allows me to give them quick feedback. Plus, it allows me to compile data really quickly as to what questions they missed. So mm-hmm. I like to do assessments on Google Classroom. And I had made a Google assessment, and for whatever reason, I believe it was a truck had hit a telephone pole out in front of the school, oh, and wow. we the electric went out. And then when it did come back on, for some reason, we were without internet. Um, so the students ended up getting an extra day of review <laughs> because <laughs> the test was on there, and I... I had an, an other, another test that was a paper copy test that I could have given them, but I didn't feel like it was really fair yes, because the yeah. morning classes had had one type of test, and I try to be consistent throughout all of my classes. So mm-hmm. um, we ended up just doing an extra day of review and playing games. Um, another time that technology didn't work for me was um, I had a group activity planned, and I was um, going to use... Oh, the name just totally left me. But it's a program where I have a PowerPoint already made and then the students can type on the screen oh, yeah. and see their answer. We can I don't know who put I know who put what, but the students don't see yeah. who put what. We can put those up on the board. And for some reason, I was um, being observed that day and I was really excited about it. And for whatever reason, it would not work. I use it all the time, but the day that I was being observed, yeah. it would not work. So mm-hmm. um, it, 
then I had to just go the old fashioned method, try to read faces and figure out <laughs> who's <laughs> clueless and who knows what they're doing instead of yeah. actually having the proof there in front of me. But I mean, it, it, it all works out. It's, it's technology for you. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a struggle. <laughs> yes. All right. So I had to read a collection of articles prior to creating this podcast. And one of the quotes came from the article Stranger, Stranger Places, Collaborative Creativity in Real and Virtual Spaces from Tanya Perkins. And it stated that just as creative knowledge does not rise from a void, neither does productive collaboration. And I personally felt that this was a pretty applicable quote. But how do you feel about it? And, you know, would you agree or would you disagree with it? With productive uh, collaboration, I, I like that because... Um, you know, there are so many different ways to, that you can pull technology into your lesson. And, mm-hmm. and it also allows the technology piece allows you to collaborate with other teachers on yeah. assignment. Um, that's something that I have found and I really like. Um, for example, when in art class, they're studying different things. I can't like they're studying different works of art. I can pull from what they're doing in art class and create questions um, about the architectural piece of that art that they're Mm -hmm. talking about. And and it allows you, like, you know, we could share documents back and forth and I can create questions that have to do with their topic um, really quickly just by seeing what the other teachers have posted um, as their lesson plans. Um, So technology definitely opens up a lot of doors for communication. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I can give word problems um, where they have to, you know, really explain their thinking. And then I can share those with an English teacher. And then that, you know, they can be um, graded not only for the math piece of it. You know, I know the math piece, but then the English teacher can grade them on their grammatical using supportive information and things like that. So, yeah, collaboration. um, There's so many different ways to collaborate. You can collaborate with the technology itself. You can collaborate with other teachers. I do feel like that's Mm -hmm. um, that is a true statement. Yeah, those are some good thoughts on the quote. All right, if you know, if the, if the world was perfect, in what ways might you wish to change the way your students use technology in your classroom? Oh, if the world was <laughs> perfect, <laughs> I would love for my students, and I, I have this whole big poster on my wall about how to learn mathematics, and it explains, you know, making mistakes is part of the process. That is how we learn. Making those mistakes, analyzing and yeah, fixing those mistakes, definitely. that is where the true learning takes place. And in a perfect world, my students would try problems and they would make mistakes mm-hmm. and they would use the technology to figure out, as I said earlier, where those mistakes were, rather than use the technology to do the work for them without them putting forth any effort. They would use that to find and analyze their mistakes and fix them. And I would love that. I would absolutely yeah. love that. I don't care if students are making mistakes, if they're trying. It's yeah. the cheating, cheating cuts me to my core. Mm. <laughs> and and technology, like well, I was told not very long ago by a parent, um, she confiscated her daughter's phone and she said, oh my goodness, they have a Snapchat group where they're saying, are you going to do number one? And she's going to do number two. And then they're sharing all the mm. answers. And, um, this That's parent was rough. furious and grounded her daughter and took away her phone. But that's that's real. That's how many parents have no idea that their child is doing it or how many parents know and mm-hmm. think, well, I didn't think 
thing and just don't really care. <laughs> my parents yeah. would have beaten to death, but, <laughs> and I, in and of myself, um, I, I didn't want to cheat because I wanted to really learn. I wanted Absolutely. to know. I enjoy yeah. learning in a perfect world. My students would enjoy learning too, and not think that this is something that they have to do. This is something that they want to do. Mm-hmm. And therefore they would put forth that effort and try and realize that making mistakes are okay and use that technology to, to help them learn rather than to do the work for them. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree with those thoughts. That's really important. And I wish that I really wish the perfect world existed and that could be the reality because I think yeah. a lot of times, sometimes students are lazy and sometimes they're so terrified of making those mistakes that they're not willing to risk it. And that, that's yes. really sad. Yes. And that's that you're right. I mean, it's not necessarily even just the lazy piece of it. It is it is being afraid to make a mistake. And and that's that's why I try to emphasize over and over again in learning math. Mistakes is a part of it. It's OK. Yeah. I make mistakes. And and I, all, mm-hmm. I when I first started teaching, I was so afraid of making a mistake in front of my students. And now I just reemphasize, you know, I make mistakes. Yeah. I'm human. Of course, I'm going to make a mistake. I say probably something wrong every single day. As I'm, my mind's going one way and I'm saying, writing stuff down and, you know, you say one thing and write down something different and then go off of what you writ, wrote down instead of what you were thinking. And I use that to reinforce to my students, look, I make mistakes and I've been doing this for 10 years plus. Yeah. Of course you're going to make mistakes. That's part of the process. So rather than act like, oh yeah, I did that on purpose. I've heard teachers do that. Oh, I made that mistake to see who was paying attention. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I made a mistake. I'm human. We've got mm-hmm. to figure out, like, analyze and fix that yeah. mistake. That's part of the process. And I just wish that my students felt that way, too. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. But, you know, I think it helps when they see their teacher making mistakes because it makes it a little easier for them to admit to their own mistakes. They need to they need to improve <laughs> in that area, but hopefully. Yes. Hopefully it <laughs> So do you feel that technology can increase communications and collaboration in your content area? And you've kind of already touched on this a little bit more, but if you have any extra thoughts to add on that? Um, I definitely, like right now, um, with all the COVID-19 things mm-hmm. going on, if we didn't have technology, I don't know what we would do because yeah. I am a teacher. I tutor before school. I tutor after school. I feel like students need to see the work. I can't just yeah. give you math. I can't give you worksheets and tell you to mm-hmm. do these worksheets and turn them in. I have to show you how to do it, show you the process, help you understand why this works. And um, technology is definitely allowing me to do that with my students. And prior to COVID-19, um, technology was definitely my friend. In the fact that I've had, um, at one point I had a student who was legally blind and um, therefore had difficulty seeing the board and technology was certainly very, very useful. Um, I had a program called Doceri that I downloaded onto my iPad and I gave the student the iPad Mm -hmm. so she had right in front of her the problems that I was doing on the board. Um, So And she could see as I was writing on the board, it was writing on the iPad and that was amazing. And that opened up the door for me to start recording things. I started recording my lessons um, through that piece Mm -hmm. of technology, through that Doceri app. And I started using Google Classroom my second year of teaching. And I would post videos of what I had taught that day because it reinforced for students who maybe had thought they understood during the lesson, but then got home with like, what what was she talking about? They could pull that video up and watch the lesson again. And, um, students who were absent that was a great resource for them like oh i wasn't able to be at school but now i can watch this video 
and quickly see what they did in class. So, um, you know, there are so many, so many ways that technology can befriend teachers. <laughs> so yeah. many ways it can be a pain in the hind end, but yeah. I, I don't know what my classroom would be like without technology. It's definitely um, a very important part of what I do every day. Mm-hmm. So kind of going off of that, with the COVID-19 shutdowns and having to do everything online now, do you feel that technology can it, can it replace real life interactions and classroom experiences? And, you know, in what ways and to what extent? Um, it, it has been nice to still be able to be in contact like the Zoom meetings. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. nice to be able to um, there, there's still that personal touch with a zoom meeting or, you know, they, a lot of my students have emailed me and said, I don't know how to do this. And so I will pull up the, um, iPad and do a zoom meet with them right then where I can write on my screen and they can see what I'm writing. But it's, it's definitely, there's nothing, there's nothing like being in the classroom with your students and being able to look at their face and knowing when they're not saying, Hey, I need help. You can read the confusion on their face. I can't read the confusion on their face because they're watching the video and I don't Mm -hmm. see them when they're watching it. Some of them will never reach out to me. Some of them are reaching out to me, but there's some that I haven't heard from at all. And um, when I respond back to them, you know, there's, I, I don't know for sure that they're mm-hmm. even reading. They might be skimming over the material. So, yeah, I appreciate technology and all of this, but yeah. I don't feel like my students are getting near the education that they would get with mm-hmm. the classroom interaction, with me being able to look at them, to know that they're listening to yeah. what I'm saying, to know that they're they're there, they're present, mm-hmm. that they're doing the work. Um, so, I Technology yeah. has made it nice, but it's it's no replacement for the one-on-one direct instruction, looking at, speaking to, getting a feel for my students, knowing what they're doing and how they're how they're understanding the material. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's it can be really difficult for students to learn in a traditional classroom, but then you take them out of that classroom and you force them to only try to do things online and that can be great in some circumstances, but in others, it, they just can't handle it sometimes. And that's really sad. Yeah. It's kind of what I'm worried about. Yes. I feel like this is a great supplemental resource to have the videos is a great supplemental thing. Mm -hmm. Not, it shouldn't be the end of it in and of itself. Teachers need to be teaching. (laughs) I need to be teaching my students. I need that interaction with them and to be able to read their facial expressions. And they need to be able to interrupt me when Mm -hmm. they don't understand right then and there and say, hey, wait, what what did you do? I don't get that. Not not have to stop and rewind, you know, go backwards a little Mm -hmm. bit and hope that they can figure it out on their own. That's that doesn't work with math. I don't think it wouldn't work for me. And it seems like it's not working for a lot of my students. Mm-hmm. This is just a hopefully a question that won't become reality. But if more schooling was moved online, if the COVID nineteen situation continued, and you had to like next year's do almost everything online, do you think it would be possible, or how do you think that would affect students' learning? Um, I believe that it it could be possible, but it it's only. This sounds really derogatory, and I don't mean it 
um, the way that it's probably going to come out, but I would need much more parental support. (laughs) I need parents that are going to sit there and make sure their child are doing, and I don't even know that that it's not necessarily the parent's fault. A lot of parents are still working. Mm -hmm. Um, I know if we had to rely totally on my husband to teach our children, um, he works 10 plus hours a day and then to come home and do schoolwork. I don't know that it's really possible. And students, um, I feel like, I don't know if this is just an age thing, but I don't know that they have the brain development enough um, in the K through 12 grade levels to realize the importance of their education. They yeah. don't see beyond today. They yeah. don't see the future. A lot of students are just living in the moment and they don't realize the impact of getting an education. So if they can just skim through and mm-hmm. do as little as possible and then get back to their video game, that's a win for them. Yeah. Whereas as an adult, I realize looking back, hey, if I would have tried a little bit harder and I would have learned this and I would have done better, that mm-hmm. would have got me further. They don't have that. They don't have the hindsight 2020. They don't have that hindsight to look back. This is them now. And I feel like they're just not going to get the education that they would if I'm there if prompting them, yeah. here's the work here, do it, you have to do it. I can send them as many videos as I want, but I can't force them to watch it. And a lot of them are in homes where the parents cannot sit there and force them to watch it because they're working also. Um, they can't sit there and make sure that the child is doing the work. So, no, I don't feel like my students would be successful if we did this. Um, it would take a lot more parental involvement. And I don't know that that's a possibility. Yeah. Nothing against parents. Um, I, I'm not trying to be judgmental in that because it's no, not their fault. Yeah. They have to work. Yeah. Um, but it would take a lot more dedication on the student's part and a lot more parental involvement. And um, a, I'd have to find a better way to hold them accountable mm-hmm. um, for the workload and making sure that they're doing it. Yeah, there's just only so many factors you can control as a teacher, and that's yeah. sometimes kind of complicated and very difficult. <laughs> yes, I mean, I have, like, at least 10 students. I have 103 students, okay. and all of the 103 um, throughout this whole process, there's about 10 that I have not heard anything from. I've called oh, yeah. one, one home I've called multiple times. They Now they don't answer the phone calls when I do call. Um, I call a private number. They figured out that that was me too, I guess, because <laughs> they're not answering. So, I mean, they're, like you said, there's only so many factors as a teacher that we can mm-hmm. control. And I, yeah. I don't know how to get these students. I'm, I can't go to their house and make them do it. At school, I would sit beside them. We're going to do this until it's done. Like, just sit there. Yeah. You're not sitting up until we're done. <laughs> I can't do that now. So mm-hmm. that is That's definitely a disadvantage. Yeah. All right. So I have another quote. This one is from Collaboration Beyond the Classroom Walls, Deepening Learning for Students, Pre-Service Teachers, Teachers, and Professors. And it says that one thing educators focus on is the rejection of bells and whistles technology use in favor of more meaningful ways to allow students to collaborate effectively as 21st century teachers and learners. So how do you feel about this quote? And is it true for you personally as an educator? Um, I feel that I really encourage students to use technology and I try to integrate technology um, into my classroom as much as I can. I attend mm-hmm. a lot of 
I yeah. go to workshops during the summer and try to learn other ways that teachers are um, implementing technology in their classroom. And um, that's another reason why I like to have student teachers. Um, you know, we're supposed to be teaching our student teachers, but I feel like I can learn so much from them because mm-hmm. student teachers are typically younger than me and they know the latest and greatest technology. Yeah. And so that's something that I enjoy um having a student teacher because they have new ideas and resources that I can learn from them while they're there learning about teaching for me. And, uh, and I try to listen to my students too. I try to stay in the know with what they're, what they're doing. You know, if they're, Mm -hmm. and that's Facebook, you know, a lot of been told in the past, like do not befriend students on Facebook. You know, you need to keep that relation, that professional professional distance. distance. And throughout all of this COVID-19, when I can't get a hold of students, their phone's been disconnected, their home phone, um, parents are working or whatever, I can shoot them a message on Facebook Messenger. And it's miraculous how quickly they yeah. can respond to that, but they don't hear the phone ringing or the phone's been disconnected in the home or I can't get a hold of them. I feel like technology is it's important for the, for teachers to mm-hmm. go with the flow yeah. to continue because that is while there are downsides to it, that's what they're using. That's what they're used to. So we need to stay, um, we need to stay current with yeah. the technology so that we can be relatable to students so that we can reach them in ways that they want to be reached in. Yeah, absolutely. What do you feel or how do you feel about technology that, seeks to help students, but really doesn't. Because I know some educators, they get more caught up in the fact that they're being current and like incorporating technology into the classroom. And sometimes they lose the meaningful aspect behind the technology and the ability to help students learn through the technology, if that makes sense. I guess I've never really seen any case where that's where that's played out. Maybe when I first started trying to use Google Classroom and you couldn't lock the screens. Mm-hmm. And so my students were doing great. And I was, oh, man, I'm so successful as a teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so, so proud of myself. And lo and behold, they, they were sharing answers. They had created oh, a Word yeah. document, They're like passing things back and forth. And um, so, you know, if I would have just swept that under the rug and not yeah. paid attention to it, then, yeah, I could see how technology getting caught up in using that just as data collection and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, that could be a problem. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got all this great data showing what a great teacher I am when really it's all mm-hmm. fake news, I guess you could say. You've got to find what's meaningful for your classroom. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be meaningful for me to um, necessarily use Word documents yeah. to have students post their answers, whereas with English, you know, I know a lot mm-hmm. of English teachers like to do that because you can go see the timestamp and see if they're copying and pasting yeah. things in there. For me, that's not beneficial in a math classroom. Yeah. But, but And another thing, it's like really, it would be really difficult for them to type in equations and things. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to use technology to have them write it out by hand and just send me pictures mm-hmm. of what they've written. So yeah. um, I do see how technology could be a detriment and that if, you know, I knew that students were cheating and still mm-hmm. just continued to use it blindly and pretending that my data was so wonderful, then, yeah, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So what is one thing that you would change about the way you and your students communicate and how your students communicate to each other? So teacher to student and student to teacher communication. I guess the main thing, I I wish that 
every student felt comfortable with communicating mm. with me. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a lot of students, I, I teach freshmen generally, and mm -hmm. there are a select group of students that um, maybe other students would refer to them as the teacher pet, but they're yeah. not. I mean, I, I love all of my kids the same. Those kids just feel more comfortable with me and they reach out to me more and they come back to me year after year for help. Um, I spent like two hours on a Zoom call the other oh, day wow. with um, a student in Algebra 2 helping her understand the material for another class and going mm -hmm. through it. I wish every student felt comfortable, that comfortable with me that they would reach out to me because I'm yeah. here for all of them. I'm not here for Absolutely. a select group. I don't have favorites. I love all of my students and I want all of them to be successful. Mm -hmm. But I think that's just natural that personalities, some yeah. personalities tend to mesh better and those students reach out to me more. But um, if I could change one thing, I would want all of my students to feel mm -hmm. as comfortable with me as the ones that maybe their personality tends to mesh better with mine. I don't know. And to communicate with each other, I would love for them to communicate. And I encourage them in class, too. Like, don't do your homework by yourself. Get in yeah. a group and do it together. Mm -hmm. We don't divide and conquer. I tell them constantly, don't divide and conquer. You do number one, I do number two. Then we'll swap yeah. answers. Do number one and then look and see. And I, I try to create a lot of assignments in my classroom like that, too. I call them um, partner powers where they have different problems, but they get the same answer. Mm -hmm. So if they don't get the same answer, then they trade papers and grade each or try to find the other person's mistake. And that promotes mathematical conversations yeah. and discord that um, really allows great. them to think through the process of how they're learning. And that's how I want students to communicate with each other, not what'd you get for number one? Why well, I got this? Oh, well, you're smarter. Mm -hmm. So that would be the correct answer. No. Yeah. <laughs> Trade papers, figure out, like set through practice together, you know, mm -hmm. help each other. Cause there are a lot of things in a math problem there. You know, you forget one little negative and the whole problem's wrong. If you're discussing that with a group of people, then someone's going to pick up on, Hey, I have a negative here and you don't who's right. And then that, you know, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's why you're not doing the whole problem wrong just because you forgot to write down a negative. That's the kind of thing that I want to see happen. That's how I want students to communicate with yeah. each other. Absolutely. I love that you're doing that with your students and that you're taking the time out of your day to work with them. And I, I really hope that all of your students can understand that someday because I think I feel like most teachers would would um, second your thoughts on that. They really want their students to reach out to them, but I don't know how you can always get your students to do so. That's a very difficult yeah. part, but I love your thoughts on that. Well, thank so, you. <laughs> my last question was, what is one way that you would change about the way your students collaborate? And this is kind of similar to the other question. The main thing is I would want them to collaborate with me immediately when they have a question. Don't wait until the day before the mm. test and then pile everything up yeah. all at once to be overwhelmed. Like ask me as we're going, um, reach out to me. I, I have definitely been open to my students on Facebook messenger. Um, even though in the past I've kind of tried to not be so <laughs> available mm -hmm. through Facebook messenger, but, um, under these circumstances that pops up on my phone really quickly. I don't check my, my emails do pop up, but I mean, I'm getting a yeah. hundred some emails oh, a day. Yeah. So, I, I enjoy I enjoy helping students that mm -hmm. want to learn. I think that's Absolutely. every teacher's dream is to have mm -hmm. students reach out to them that are really wanting to learn. If I could get anything through to my students, that would be 
reach out to me. Don't be afraid of making the mistake. Don't be afraid of sounding stupid. The only mm-hmm. stupid people are people who don't try. And yes. if I don't know what you're struggling with, I'm not going to be able to teach you. And then in that case, you're going to be stupid because you're not going to learn it. That's what you need to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Not being afraid to look stupid. Be afraid of actually not learning it and being stupid. Ask me. I will help you. Yeah. Um, that's my thought on things. I don't know that everybody feels that way, but that's where I'm at. And I would love for the communication to be more open. And Mm -hmm. I I don't ever want to come across as judgmental. And I hope that my students would not ever feel that way. Um, I'm not here to judge you for what you know and don't know. I'm here to teach you. And that's what I want to do. Well, all right. That was all the questions I have for you today. And in a little bit, I will be actually interviewing your student teacher, Ben Howard. And it's going to be great to talk to him and see how his answers compare to you. But thank you so much for your input today. I really appreciate your taking the time to speak with me. I hope that the rest of your day is fantastic. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. That was an amazing interview with Leah Blevins. She made some really profound points throughout her entire interview, and I I loved her statement about being there for students and wanting all of them to successfully make it through her courses. That, That really digs into the heart of what it means to be a teacher. And as she said, it would be so amazing if students truly felt comfortable with reaching out and communicating openly with their teachers. All, all of the issues, Um, with the COVID-19 shutdowns and the school closings have made this issue of communication even worse between students and teachers. And it's, it's just a sad fact that so many students are slipping through the cracks right now. I think that through the use of technology in the future, students might become more comfortable reaching out and contacting their teachers when they're struggling, but that's something that really can only improve with time and trials. Also, I really loved how she talked about analyzing and fixing one's mistakes. That is such a key concept to authentic learning, and even though technology can help the analyzation process, it's something that students have to learn to do themselves. And once they've acquired that skill, that's going to be something they're going to carry with them the rest of their lives. It's honestly a concept I hope all educators take to heart and practice in their future classroom. I mean, I really, students need to know that it's okay to make mistakes. Mistakes are okay. Making big mistakes is okay. Education is costly, but the things that you learned from those mistakes, those things are invaluable. So, thank you so much, Lee Levins, for that amazing interview. We have one last interview to complete our interviews. So, let's go for it. Well, hello again. For the last segment of our teacher and student teacher interview, I'm here with Ben Howard. Ben, you're currently a student teacher for Leah Blevins, right? Yes, I am. I'm at uh, West High School with Leah. It's been pretty great so far. That's awesome. Okay, so the questions I have for you today are very similar to the ones I had for Leah earlier. I'm just really wanting to um, look at the similarities and differences between teachers and student teacher responses. So if you're up for it, we are going to dive into them. Let's go. So first off, how do you think technology and your content area intersect? 
Um, I think that sometimes it can be difficult for you to see math intersecting with technology, but if you look for it, I think that it's pretty clear that math is basically in every subject and everything. Um, so if you want to make those connections with technology, it's definitely available to you and there are definitely ways that you can connect through technology. Whether that's just um, using technology in the math classroom or if you decide that you want to use math like in technology itself, such as computers or robotics yeah. and all those different things. So I think they can be closely connected. It just depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. And your experiences like student teaching, have you done much with technology and math or have you been um, focusing on other areas? I often use technology to aid math learning. So I don't always um, talk about technology and apply like math into the technology, but I take the technology into the math. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, by yeah. that I mean that whenever I'm teaching a class, I might be teaching the math by using some kind of technology. There's some great apps that you can use. Um, a couple of them being like online buzzers. Those yeah. really get the students involved and wanting to buzz in so that they can answer a question. Um, there's an app called Pear Deck, which allows students to interactive, uh, be interactive with the lesson as I'm doing a PowerPoint. They can submit answers real time and I can read all of their answers and tell them if they're correct or not. I can um, send out things for them to like draw on their screen over yeah. top of my PowerPoint and identify things. So there are a lot of options um, to use technology in the math classroom. Yeah, okay. That, that kind of goes into the second question. Um, so in what ways do you think your content area struggles with its intersections with technology? And you kind of already mentioned that, talking about how math isn't always the easiest subject to integrate technology, but do you have anything else you want to say on that? Um, no, not particularly. I mean, I think that math can connect with just about anything. It's just how uh, willing you are to invest the time into it. I think yeah. technology, is, technology is just difficult to work with in any subject. You have to really devote the time to learn the technology before you start using it. So that's a very that's true statement. Yeah. yeah. All right. So moving on, how do you balance the use of technology when you do use it in your content area or classroom? And obviously you don't have an official classroom yet, but just in your experiences, is there a specific method that you use to monitor students in their use of tech or just what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think the biggest thing is just being aware because in your classroom, technology is a great asset, but it can also be a big downfall. Yeah. So, um, you just need to manage your classroom well and be aware of what the students are up to. Um, yeah. And just know what apps will work for you and what won't. Some of them might be fabulous, but they won't mm -hmm. work for a specific class or your classroom in general just because it's not going to fit. Yeah, if you're using different apps, some students might take advantage of them. Yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on, I'm afraid. Yep. Um, which, you know, even if you do have like a really great way of managing your classroom and directing your classroom, I mean, you can still end up with chaos if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even with the supervision, technology does make it really easy for students to get distracted. Do you have yeah. any like suggestions on how you can like help avoid that 
And do you think the benefits of using and allowing students to use technology outweigh any of the potential downfalls? Well, I think that the distraction piece is um, definitely something to consider whenever using technology in your classroom. Um, the only thing that I can really suggest to combat that is to make your class more exciting than the other yeah. things that they would be looking at. So um, in my classroom, a lot of students might venture off to YouTube while they're um, on their Chromebooks. But typically, whenever we're doing those online lessons where they're using, uh, say, Pear Deck, like the online interactive lesson, um, mm -hmm. the students usually tend to pay better attention because they know that we're interacting, they know that they have something to do, they know that they're going to be drawing or doing some kind of fun little activity with the lesson, and usually I'll post all of their responses up on the screen. So I'll have a lot of students that participate, but I'll also have students that participate and then write me a little goofy message or something. Yeah. So that's enough for them. So just keeping them engaged in what you're doing yeah. um, instead of them trailing off, I think helps a lot. That's some great thoughts. It kind of reflects one of the um, technological frameworks that we've been learning about this semester in our class. Um, it's called like triple E and um, it's all about learning to extend, enhance, and engage technology, which that kind of goes along with what you were saying there, which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. So from your experiences in the classroom, how would you change the way that students use technology? Like if the world was perfect and you had that magical genie <laughs> to grant wishes. Uh, if it was perfect, I mean, it would be great for students to not take advantage of technology. Yeah. Um, and just to do what we ask of them. I mean, usually whenever we implement technology into the classroom, it's not because it's boring. It's because yeah. we're trying to <clears throat> elevate the classroom and what we're already doing and what we're already learning. So just them using it for the intent of um, what we're trying to get across to them through these lessons, I think that would be the perfect world if yeah. everyone just participated at school. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It can be really difficult sometimes, I think. So for our next question, do you feel that technology can increase communications and collaboration in your content area? I definitely think that you can collaborate um, better with technology. There's just so many ways outside of school or inside of school that you can collaborate if you have some kind of messaging system. I mean, there are so many out there that students use that you can chat, like talking about yeah. this project, and you can continue this work. And if people are passionate about their projects, they can continue to work outside of school. There are so many different ways that you can collaborate. There are different um, apps available, like Padlet or Mural, yeah. where they can uh, students can just put all of their thoughts onto a page and they can all work together there's so many apps i can't even begin to describe i mean yeah. you can use paper and pencil but using these knowing that your information will be there forever and that you can share it with anyone that's pretty awesome it is yeah have you used um these personally in your um student teaching yep i have used um i haven't used mural yet i've used it for my own um Actually, maybe I have used it. I've used it for one activity when we did a review. Um, yeah. But I've definitely used Padlet recently. Uh, we did a Padlet 
where I asked students to fill out a review guide and they were able to work with their little team that I put them in. And as they would find answers, they could um, type in their answer to Padlet on their own pad of their um, yeah. group. And then they could check each other's answers. So you don't have to be eyeing down everybody's paper to make sure, oh, we got this for number five. But you can check and make sure that your answer was correct. That's so. a great way of doing it, I think. Because I, I remember when I was in math, I hated that part so much. Yeah. But I think it's a great yeah. alternative. But it is technology, so you'll always have people taking advantage of stuff like that. Oh, the answers are on Padlet. <laughs> I don't have to. I mean, I know that that's probably what everyone's thinking about this interview right now. But <laughs> at some point, it has to come to your students' education, and they have to want to learn these things. Because exactly. they're not going to be able to cheat on this test. Yeah. You might be able to look at answers on a Padlet activity, but it's more difficult whenever you get to exams and things like that. Yeah. That's a very real mm, so part of reality. Definitely pros and cons to everything. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is kind of related to the other one. Do you feel that technology can replace real-life interactions in classroom experiences? I mean, that's kind of something that we're forced to be doing right now with the COVID-19. Yeah. But just what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are absolutely not. I, I don't agree. think that it can replace those interactions at all. It is definitely great to do those online activities with them and try to take your lessons online to make them um, digital for what you can't do in the classroom. But what you can do in the classroom, definitely try and elevate that. If you can build some big extravagant activity for the students to touch things and to feel things or to move around the classroom, that yeah. is 10 times better than you sitting them in front of a computer. Absolutely. And there are way less distractions <laughs> because there are so many things out on the web compared to just in this room with the, these people building social skills and all of these different things with real uh, real life, I guess. Activities. Yeah. So I think those are definitely beneficial. Yeah, I think a lot of students are like really struggling right now because they're being forced to do everything online mm -hmm. and all the in-person learning that used to take place. They don't know how to like just go to a digital format and that's really throwing a lot of students, I think. Yeah, I feel it. It's difficult to uh, do as a teacher as well. I mean, answering questions, it's yeah. easy whenever you're teaching in front of someone and you can answer a question quickly. I mean, there's no time involved at all. Now I'll get questions from weeks worth of assignments from the yeah. past or current. And I mean, out of a hundred students, it's hard to see in every single comment. So yeah, it's definitely difficult. It's gotta be insane. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of um, related to our next question of how has the latest changes in the classroom, you know, from the COVID-19 shutdowns been affecting things and what's it been like to be a student teacher with all the insanity and all of the changes that have been happening? Um, we have definitely been able to handle it, but it's definitely not our, our preference. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything's going fine as far as teaching and education. I mean, we would love to just see our students 
um, and then be directly in front of us and be able to teach and ask questions and all of that stuff and be able to have that interaction in the classroom. But Ms. Blevins and I have uh, made some pretty cool activities that we've done through our online communication, just keeping them involved, whether that mean that we make the lessons fun, um, which no one really is excited yeah. about watching a fun video, but making the lessons fun or doing some little side activities. Right now we're um, having video lessons and throughout our video lessons, we'll have a word of the week. So we'll drop clues in our um, lessons for the week. And the students have to piece together all of our clues to figure out what the word of the week is. Oh, yeah. We give them a prize at the end of the week. That sounds so, like a lot of fun. Just a little something. I mean, it's nothing extravagant, but it's something to keep them involved. Yeah. Not just be the boredom of years Monotonous of Monotonous do this activity, trying to keep that um, personality of who we are into our videos. Yeah, that's really important to do, I think. And I wish more teachers would do that because I feel like a lot of the teachers are getting really bogged down with the workload and the adjustments they're having to make. And they're forgetting to include those little bits of fun, those little bits of sanity in yeah. the classwork mm -hmm. they, they assign. And it's rough. Yeah. So I had to do a bunch of research for this podcast, and a quote from one of those articles was, um, "Collaboration beyond the classroom walls and deepening learning student or deepening learning for students, pre-service teachers, teachers, and professors." So this quote said that one thing educators focus on is the rejection of bells and whistle technology use in favor of meaningful ways to allow students to collaborate effectively as a 21st century teacher and learner. So what are your thoughts on this quote? Um, I definitely think that, I don't know if this really answers the question, um, but referring to like the bells and whistles, I think that technology can be used as an asset, but that is something that you need to watch out for. Um, that if you're just adding technology to add technology to a lesson, yeah. And it's not really helping the students. If you're adding it for a reason, if you're adding it for it to be more engaging or to yeah. get students more involved, then it definitely can be worthwhile. Um, yeah. But if you're just adding something, oh, because we want to watch this video today or a video instead of teaching, I mean, mm -hmm. some yeah. uh, teachers might do that as well. That's not going to be anything shiny or extravagant for the kids it's going to kind of be a setback so yeah. you just need to be purposeful with your technology that you add to the classroom yeah that is so important it's actually something we've been stressing a lot this semester um we've been learning a lot about the importance of putting your content first and then going into the pedagogy and then after you've addressed those two key concepts of teaching then you go to the technology and then you work with the technology and see how you can incorporate it into your content area to create an engaged learning environment. Excellent. Okay, so what is one thing that you would change about communicating in the classroom, either between teachers and students or student-to-student -student communication? Um, probably the first thing that comes to mind with communication. I am teaching freshmen most mm -hmm. of the day. Yeah. Um, and they're at that stage in their lives where they are still babies, but they feel like they're on top of the world because they're in high school now. And 
it can be difficult um, as far as communication goes because they do feel like they're capable of doing things and they definitely are, but they still need help along the way. So having said that, um, what I mean by that is frequently throughout my lessons, they will have to be told multiple times how things should be done, how Mm -hmm. they need to do an assignment, not necessarily, um, which sometimes it is, but how to do the math, but they will frequently ask, where do we sit? What do we do? What are we doing next? When is class over? They ask a million questions and need to be walked through everything. So I just think that communication of them knowing exactly what's expected of them, um, if if that could be clear, that would be wonderful for me. Because answering every single day what we're going to do first when the bell work is on the board drives me nuts sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, theoretically, you could even, like, use technology to make a little newsletter or a little video and send it out to them every day or every other day or so. But I don't know if they would really actually look at that or not. (laughs) Like, odds are. Um, So what about the way your students collaborate? I don't know how much collaboration and um, group work you do in the math courses you teach, but if you could change anything, what would you change? I have always been very project-based. I love to um, work towards a big goal of a big project. Um, I haven't done any of those um, throughout my student teaching. I would love to have added some of those to my requirements and my uh, assignments for my students but typically we just have exams and take notes and quizzes Mm. and that kind of thing but I would love to have bigger projects yeah more creative projects for students to collaborate with I mean not all the time because it's you have to go through your content with math I mean yeah you have to move forward and continue but just every now and then to be able to do those projects where they can be proud of the work that they've come up with, I think that's important. So definitely in the future, I'm going to implement that in my own classroom. Yeah, I think that would be a really great thing. And I think a lot of students are really going to connect with that style of teaching. And I think even students who don't like math can, can enjoy math in that type of style of teaching. Yeah. All right, so that is all I've got. Thank you so much for being one of my interview victims. I am really thankful for your willingness to speak with me, so stay safe. And that concludes our teacher and student-teacher interviews. Ben's ideas for incorporating technology into the mathematics field were really interesting, and I think educators of all content fields could truly benefit from taking some of the ideas he shared with us today and applying those same concepts to their content area and grade level. I loved the different suggestions he gave throughout the interview and the different ways about the different ways to incorporate technology into one's teaching practices. And as we talked about throughout the interview, technology is very personal for individual classroom needs. But there are so many different options available that no matter what what the individual educator's needs are, there's going to be a way to use technology to extend, enhance, and engage. It has been such a great time talking with these amazing people and they've provided some really great material for thought and discussion. In today's episode, the focus was on the educators in the mathematics field, and I want to extend a very big thank you to Leah Blevins and Ben Howard for your great input. 
For our next and last episode of this podcast series, we will be taking a look at an interview held with a group of amazing students, also from Portsmouth West High School. As important as it is to talk with teachers and learn from the experiences of those actively working in the education field, I feel it is also incredibly important that one reaches out to current students in order to hear their voices and their unique perspectives on technology, communication, and collaboration in the classroom. And that's what we'll be doing in the next episode. I hope you'll be there!